The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Today we're in our new series, and the talk title today is Come Out Onto the Water. Last week I told you a story about a Syrian warrior who had this powerful encounter with God how it changed the course of his whole life and the destiny of his whole family and their lives. And so today we're going to continue sharing another story. This one comes from the New Testament, Matthew chapter 14. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and find that. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew's Gospel chapter 14 is a story about Jesus uh, walking on the water. So even if you're not a follower of Christ and you're not familiar with the Bible or Christianity, you've probably heard of that story some way or another at some point in your life, Jesus walking on the water. Also, Peter walked on the water with Jesus. That's part of the story. And let me say this. You're living a lie, and you have been living that lie for a very long time. And so today I'm going to give you a choice. Just like Neo, you get an opportunity to continue living in the lie or embrace the truth. Come out of the lie and live in the truth, and the choice is yours today, and hopefully you will be set free from this great lie. I'm calling this the greatest lie in the universe, the greatest lie ever told, the greatest lie that has ever existed. And every single lie ever told comes out of, flows out of this one lie. So uh, everything, every lie you ever told comes from this one lie, and it's important to look at that to understand the story. So let me get into the story just a little bit, help you um, just give the background on this. Jesus performs this incredible miracle of feeding the 5,000. 5,000 people on the hillside, and he's giving this long teaching. It was amazing. The evening was approaching there wasn't enough time to send them home to get food and everything. And so Jesus took, took this little boy's lunch and did this miracle and caused it to be enough food for 5,000 people. And so then he tells his disciples, I'm going to go ahead onto the hillside by myself and pray. You guys get into this boat and go out and cross to the other side of the lake. Uh, they call it an ocean or a sea, a vast lake, huge And uh, so he sent his disciples off. Now, you could do a whole talk, I think, on just that one comment, Jesus went away to pray by himself. A whole, maybe a whole series on that, on prayer. If you think about it, the implications of that, the Son of God, you know, the Son who is God, is praying, that just blows my mind, but... The disciples go out there, and um, these guys are expert fishermen. They've been out there many times their whole life. Uh, some of them, have, their family had a fishing business, and everybody worked in the business, and so they were experts. They knew how to handle boats and water and equipment and been out there many times, and so they get out into the middle. This massive storm kicks up, and uh, no matter what they do, they fight 
They were probably fighting that storm for about six hours, from six to nine hours now. It's the middle of the night, probably around four or five in the morning. They're exhausted. They think they're going to drown. They're going to die. They've been fighting this all night long. And then all of a sudden, they see what looks like a ghost coming towards them on the water. They're in the middle. It's dark. They see this light, this figure coming towards them. They're probably thinking to themselves, we're all going to die. This is it. This is death. He's on his way to get us and collect us. And, and that's the end. Turns out it's Jesus. Comes to them walking on the water. They scream out in fear. And he says, oh, wait, wait, guys. It's okay. It's okay. It's me. It's me. It's Jesus. So then Peter, who's probably one of the leaders, or if not the leader of the group, says a crazy thing, which I don't know why he thought of this or where that came from. Maybe if you know Peter a little bit more, it makes kind of some sense. But he cries out and yells and says, Jesus, if that's really you, then tell me to come to you on the water. So Jesus says to Peter, come out onto the water. So he climbs out of the boat and stands on the top of the water and starts to walk towards Jesus. But something happens. He takes his eye off the Lord. He's looking at the waves. He starts thinking about the reality of his situation. I'm standing on water, and he starts to sink. Now, that's weird to me because usually when people fall in water, it's instantaneous, right? You know, somebody's walking along ice, let's say, the ice breaks, you go down instantly just like that, and you're, you're gone, it's just so fast. But Peter apparently fell sort of slow because he had time to cry out and yell, I said, hey, Jesus, help! I'm sinking! <laughs> and so Jesus reached down, grabbed him, pulled him up, And then together, the two of them walked back on the water into the boat. An amazing story, an amazing miracle. And you got to ask the question, why? What was the point of all of this? Because it wasn't like Jesus said, okay, we're going to go and we're going to conquer a city. We're going to take a hill. We're going to change a nation. We're going to do this and this is part of it. It was just almost like some kind of circus act. I mean, what was the point of him, first of all, walking out there on the water like that in the middle of the night? And what was Peter's whole point for getting out of the boat? And so I think to understand this whole situation, this story, you have to understand the greatest lie in the universe, the greatest lie that ever existed, was ever told. And obviously, it, was, it comes from the devil. Isaiah tells us, as we'll see in a moment, that the devil believed a lie, and because of that, he was cast out of heaven and cast away from the presence of God. And so we see right in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 3, the devil is lying to Adam and Eve, and he's using the same lie that he believed... When he was cast out, he used the same thing on Adam and Eve. Look at what he says. He says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And so he said to the woman, 
Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, they didn't know what good and evil was. Because you don't know what good is until you know what evil is. And they didn't know what evil was because there was no evil in the garden. It was perfect. It was a picture of heaven. No sin, no evil, it was all good. So you really don't know what that is, right? You're able to tell what good is by contrasting it with something that's not good. They didn't have that ability. Faith. You don't need faith unless you have doubt, right? If there's no doubt, then there's no faith. So they didn't know, and so the devil is offering them, listen, you can be just like God if you want to. You can have what he has. You can do what he does. You can know what he knows if you will eat from this tree. He's using on them what I'm calling the greatest lie in the universe, which is simply this. You don't need God. You don't need God. All other lies flow out of this one. You are enough in yourself. You can do this yourself. You can handle this. You've got this. In fact, God doesn't exist. There is no such thing as God. There is no God. All lies, all the way down to, I didn't take the last cookie, come out of this one lie. As I said, this lie had taken root in the devil Long before this, Isaiah chapter 14, the prophet, he writes about the devil. He's talking about him in this prophecy. And he says, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth and you were once laid low, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will rise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of, the, of Mount Zaphon. I will send above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Devil essentially saying again here, I don't need you, God. I don't need you. I can do it on my own. I can ascend everything that I dream of with my own abilities. My own strength. I can do this. I don't need you. Everything I ever wanted, I can get for myself. I am sufficient. And this lie has moved all throughout history. You come to thousands of years later, past Adam and Eve, and here's Jesus, the most pivotal point in all of history and all of time. Time is related to Jesus and his birth. And so in Matthew chapter 4, the devil comes to Jesus and 
Jesus is hungry. He's in the wilderness. He's been fasting for 40 days. He comes upon the devil, and the devil says, listen, I can see that you're hungry. You've been fasting for 40 days. You've got power. You can change things. You can do things. Take this rock here and turn it into bread and solve your problem. I wasn't telling him to commit adultery or kill someone. It was just telling him to feed himself. How wrong can that be? Just provide food for yourself. But Jesus rejects that. He rebukes him back and says, No, I'm not going to declare my independence from the Father. I'm going to maintain my connection with the Father and my dependence upon him, his dependence upon me. We will remain as one, so therefore I cannot do this. I will not work independently of my relationship with the Father. And so the devil comes at him again and again in the same way, different variation of that, and Jesus always giving the same response. I won't do it. You know, the Antichrist, when the Antichrist comes at the end of time, and, uh, or this period of time that we're in now, which I think is coming soon, it certainly seems like it. I know every generation has said that, but it seems like we're coming closer to the end of Christ's return, and the Antichrist will fully accept this lie. It become his, and he will declare to the whole world, I am God. I have become God. You don't need to follow Jesus. You don't need to follow God. Just follow me. You don't need God. You don't need to get it for yourself. You don't need to have faith. Just do it for yourself. You don't need to rely on God. Just believe in yourself. Why does the devil want us to operate independently from God? Why does he want us to not have faith in God, to reject him, and do things our own way? Why would he rather have us go through life relying on anything other than God? Because to do so puts you more in line with his mission than with God's mission. Because our reliance on anything other than God puts us in the devil's camp, puts us more with him. And it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire, if you have an IQ of 300, if you're the most powerful person in the world, none of that matters. The unvarnished truth to all of this just laid out is simply this. At some point, you will not have what you need. At some point, the bottom's going to fall out in some way or another. Every single person on the face of the earth will not have enough. Eventually, something will run out. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you have everything and you own everything and you are everything. At some point, you're going to have a need. And when you run out of something, what will you do? 
Jesus wasn't sending the disciples into the middle of the lake to scare them. It wasn't a sick joke. It wasn't to uh, give them a trial or to hurt them or to threaten them or any of those things. He sent them out there to show them the truth that you will come to an end of yourself at some point and probably many times. As you're going through life and you're living your life, you're going to come to an end where you don't have any more answers. You don't have enough. You can't make it right. You can't fix it. You will come to a wall. And if you're going to overcome that, you've got to shed this lie that you can do it yourself, that you don't need God. Peter, he ran out of solid ground. These expert fishermen, their talent and their skill couldn't save them. Their knowledge of the sea and the ocean and water and all that couldn't save them. Their equipment, their technology couldn't save them. God wanted them to see that. He wanted to expose the truth for them so they could see the truth and make a decision for themselves. When they saw Jesus get back in the boat with Peter and the water went completely calm, they bowed down and they worshiped him and they said, you are truly the son of God. And they had never said that prior. It was the first time that they got a glimpse of who Jesus really was and they had their faith in him. It was the first time. God sent them onto the water that day to set them free. To set them free from the greatest lie that has ever been told. It was ever created, that ever existed. The greatest lie is you don't need God. You can do it yourself. So if that's the greatest lie, what's the greatest truth? Jesus was communicating this to his disciples, illustrating it to them in a very bold and plain and dramatic way. That if you put your faith in me, put your faith in Jesus, you will always have more than you need. You'll always have enough. Don't put your faith in anything else. Money, people, possessions, knowledge, Now, don't put your faith in anything else. Put your faith in Jesus alone. You always have more than you need. Peter's faith in Jesus gave him power and authority over the laws of the universe. Isn't that amazing? The law of gravity, the law of buoyancy, those laws were suspended, stopped, canceled, so Peter could walk on the water like he was walking on dry ground. Believing this lie causes us to live day to day in the flesh, by the flesh, by our own strength, by our own power. And so we get all this fear, all this worry, all this unbelief. We even go through this process of 
okay, I'm going to trust you, God, this time. I'm going to put my faith in you this time. I'm going to do this and do this and trust and trust all the way until then we give up when we don't see it making any change or difference. Right before God has an opportunity to really show you what faith in him can do, give up. We are believing this big lie today. We are helplessly bound by it. We, you and I, our whole culture is immersed in this unbelief, in this fear. Jesus knew that the disciples could never be the type of leaders that he needed them to be as long as they were holding on to this lie. As long as they were still believing that God was not enough that they could meet their needs in other ways. As long as they believed that, they could never achieve what he had them and wanted them to achieve. They would never be able to, like Peter, go to the cross and be crucified upside down while he was holding on to a lie. Would have never been able to do that. Never been able to lead the church and establish the churches and and launch this worldwide movement that would change the world as long as they were holding on to a lie. They had to be free from it. They had to make a, a, a profound impact and change their mind about who they would put their faith in. As we put our faith in a lot of things, Jesus was showing them very clearly that day, there is only one place to put your faith, and it's with me. And that's it. You and I, we will never achieve the vision and the dreams that we have and that God has for us as long as we're believing this lie. As long as every time a trial or a or a a barrier, or a burden, or something that's in our way, as long as those things stay there, and we think we are stuck because God isn't enough, or maybe even we're not enough. We're the reverse of it, or we're strong enough. We don't need him. I think some people are here today, and they have run out of something. Maybe it's a son or daughter that you're in the process of losing and you'd have everything that you can do to try and prevent that and it's not working. Or maybe you've run out of resources, money or things and no matter what you do, you just can't seem to have enough and get enough and do enough and provide for everything that you need or maybe it's your health or even your vision for the future and you've lost hope. Jesus looked at Peter, and rather than say, no, 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 it's me, but stay where you're at. You, you can't do this. I'm walking on the water, man. You stay there. I'll be there in a minute. I'm coming to you. Just hold put. Just calm the waters. Calmly walk over, climb in the boat. Woo, wasn't that, wow, that was wild, man. Let's, okay, let's get out of here. That was, that was crazy. He said to him, get out of the boat. Walk on the water with me. And 
Peter put his faith in Jesus and he did what nobody else had ever done before. Up until then and until now. He walked on the water with Jesus. Jesus told Peter to come out onto the water so he could be free from that life, that lie from this point forward. No longer trusting in himself and his own strength, but only placing his hope in Jesus. I guess the big question of the morning is, why aren't we doing the same? Why are we allowing ourselves to fret and fear and have unbelief and stress out on all these things when God is saying to us, just put your trust in me and it will be enough. But no, we're so helplessly bound by the lie that no, that can't be true. That can't be true. And so it grips us and holds us back from our destiny. So the story has been written for us for one reason. That we also would give up on that big lie today. That we would decide today, no more am I going to go back to trusting in that old falsehood. The devil was wrong when he said he could become God. He was wrong. That is not true. That is not accurate. He will never be God. He can never become God. His fate is sealed. He is ruined. It's over for him. Don't believe it. Don't follow him. That's a failure. That's a loser out deal right there. Don't go that way. Don't believe what Adam and Eve believed. They thought, well, okay, we eat the apple. We can be like God. Don't listen to that. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, I'll never, ever again. Well, he never did, but I'll never, ever live my life on my own terms. In my own way. Apart from you, God, I will always, always walk with you, trusting you. That's a big decision because that means you've got to say goodbye to fear, no to unbelief. And you've got to put your trust in the one person that's worthy of your trust. Of all the things in the whole universe you could put your trust in, That's the one place you will never be disappointed. So how about you this morning? Will you do it? Will you forsake this lie? Will you turn your back on it? And while you're facing this current trial or struggle or difficulty, just sit back, relax, and know that your faith in Christ is all you need. It's enough. Everything's going to work out. I'm safe because Jesus is in my boat. <laughs>